Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the IC Old People Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Dr. Bruce, your host. I am an experienced healthcare practitioner, retired now, recently, 35 years of experience in the field. Although I do not continue to see patients at this time, I do continue my quest for knowledge. And I'm going to try to share some of that knowledge with you today, particularly in the sense of growing older. I recently turned 60 years old, becoming a a member of the uh, senior demographic. I'll tell you right now, it's been a great ride so far. I'm looking forward to 30 more years at least, that's minimum. And the way I'm gonna do it is by keeping my mind sharp, my body healthy, and my spiritual self as as well-tuned as I possibly can. These are all things that I work on now on a daily basis. And I have to admit that I did not do that for many, many years. It kind of came to me as an enlightenment that I noticed my health starting to deteriorate quite quickly when I went into my 50s. And I think if I had stayed on the trajectory that I was on, I would uh, never be so optimistic today that I've got another 30 years left in this old body of mine. I feel good. I feel alive. Uh, I might, you might notice if you were listening last week, I didn't have a lot of umph in my voice. Uh, I was a little bit down, but I certainly am feeling a lot better. I am just two days away from ending my two-week uh, self-quarantine, and I am so excited about that. Now, during this uh, almost two weeks of self-quarantine, I have been keeping myself busy. I've been reading, continuing to read the classics. I'm almost finished uh, David Copperfield which uh, by Dickens, which is, uh, I'm sure it's longer than the Bible. It is an incredibly long book, probably the longest book I have ever read. So uh, I'm getting there. It's taken me a few weeks. I've been reading it for three weeks already, and I'm sure I've got another two weeks to go. So a five-week commitment to read David Copperfield. But it's a fantastic book, and it's continuing on my quest to read all of the classics. I started with Anna Karina. No, I started with The Great Gatsby, Anna Karina, and now I'm reading David Copperfield. And next I'm going to a science fiction uh, book, uh, which is is supposed to be one of the top books of all time as well. I'll talk about that when I finally get through David Copperfield. But I've also been spending a lot of time uh, riding my bicycle. Uh, I've ridden my bicycle all over. There's wonderful paths and trails all around here. I just got back from a 10-kilometer ride, so I feel energized and and enthusiastic. A lot of uh, fun getting out there in the community. The weather has been fantastic, uh, so it's been wonderful to be able to ride my bike every single day during the quarantine. I've also been calling people more, something that I'm not uh, one to do a lot and, and spend time in conversations. I'm calling my mother more. Of course, I talk to my wife every day and I try to uh, communicate with people that I really haven't talked to in a while. I would just be a kind of a text text and uh, two, two minute replies kind of thing. And now I'm, I'm feeling the need for conversation. So my two week quarantine will be over, like I said, in two days. And I am really excited because I wanna go out for a nice steak dinner. I've had a, a couple of steaks uh, during the quarantine, but uh, fried in a frying pan uh, is not exactly my idea of a steak dinner. I want a nice grilled steak and I want it brought to me and put in front of me. So I'm looking forward to uh, going out to a restaurant. 
the restaurants here in Manitoba are still relatively free. Uh, you know, there's are the servers are all wearing masks, but the uh, patrons do not have to. Uh, unlike Ontario, where the patrons even have to wear masks. I really got off on that mask topic last week, and I do apologize because I had other things to talk about. But I just uh, just went right down the old mask road, and I, I promise I'm not going to do that again. I wanted to talk about sports. I was so excited for live sports to come back and really, really excited that hockey was back and the Toronto Maple Leafs were playing and I was just thrilled about it. And I watched every game in the series and the Toronto Maple Leafs came out with a, with a bang and they went out with a whimper. They're already gone. Their season is over. The Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, congratulations Columbus. They took it in five games, uh, one nothing game in the final game. Well, there were a couple of um, empty net goals to make it three nothing, but it was basically a one nothing game. The Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, powerful, powerful team, so much offensive power, but they just couldn't get the job done. Uh, they really needed defensemen. I hope when the uh, draft comes, they get a good pick and they get a good defenseman. They've got a great goalie and they've got a great offensive line. Tavares, I think he hit the uh, crossbar uh, of the net twice in that game. If he would have scored those two goals, it would have been a whole different story. They would have been continuing to play. I have my hopes now on Montreal. Uh, there's Vancouver and also Calgary. So there's three Canadian teams still in the playoffs, and I'm excited for those three teams. One of the uh, things that was really uh, uh, fun was this coach from Columbus. I've got to respect this guy. He has got he is the straightest shooter I have ever heard. He was uh, being interviewed, I think, the, the, just before the series started. One of the Toronto reporters asked him, uh, what are you saying to your players to motivate them for the series? So John, John Tortorello, I think that's how you say his name, John Tortorello, he looks at this guy and he says, Point blank, he says, it's none of your damn business what I'd say to my players to motivate them in a series. And I just loved it. I laughed. And that, was, of course, was a sound bite that they kept playing over and over again throughout the entire series. I think he even got fined, uh, not for that particular uh, uh, thing, but w after Columbus lost, he came out and uh, they have to speak to the press. And he came out and he he didn't say a word. He just got up and left. And I think the NHL fined him for that. So we've still got baseball going on. And uh, the Toronto Blue Jays are, uh, are struggling. It's a short season, so they've got to get it together. They need a good win streak. And the Toronto Raptors are playing. And I haven't been following the Raptors. I have to admit, with basketball, I'm a real bandwagon jumper. When If they get to, like last year, when they won the... NBA championship I watched the whole final series and it was the most basketball I'd ever watched in my life other than when I played basketball when I was in high school which was like a hundred years ago you know I watched all of those just because it was Toronto in the finals and then of course they won which was awesome so you know I'll, I'll kind of follow it uh, through the um, through the newspaper and on the internet but uh, and we'll see where they go and if they get into the finals again I'll watch a little more basketball but it's not my it's not my favorite sport to watch I do enjoy a baseball game as long as I have something else to do in front of me. Uh, I can't sit there for hours and hours just watching a baseball game unless I'm at a live event. I was really excited about uh, being able to go to baseball this summer. Uh, there's a AAA team here in Winnipeg that is uh, the Golden Eyes and uh, they're just a, I went to see a couple of games last year when I was up here. It was just a wonderful experience. I was looking forward to going to a lot of games uh, at this time. But of course, there's no um, 
there's no baseball. They are playing, but they're playing out of the states. Their their home team, their home stadium is uh, somewhere in North Dakota. You can only really follow it on radio, and I don't think anything could be more. Uh, baseball on TV is pretty boring. I would imagine baseball on radio would be just dreadful. So, like I said, I I like to watch a baseball game, but I also uh, like to have, be doing something else, maybe a crossword or reading a book or something like that, while the game is going on, and then just kind of follow it out of the corner of my eye. But it is great to have live sports back. One of the things I wanted to do when the quarantine was over is, um, I, I I think I mentioned in, a number of times to you that I, I well I had a whole episode with some of my amateur covers of songs. I've taken singing lessons for a number of years, and I was ready to take that next step to go and join a, a choir. I joined the uh, Lions Club in Norfolk County because they have a um, a variety show every year, and they have a large chorus in behind their main singers. So I thought, this is a wonderful opportunity for me to sing. And I joined the Lions, uh, very reasonable to join, and, and a great community group to support a community group. And then they were starting to practice for their community show. So this would have been back in February. Uh, the very first practice was at the end of February. I went to the practice, and I just loved it. I loved it. I walked out of there just walking on air. I thought I have found the thing that I'm going to do. They had practices every, they were going to have practices every week up until a couple weeks before the show. And then it would be twice a week. And then there was a three, the show goes on for three days at the uh, local high school. And I just thought, wow, I'm going to start out on the chorus. I'm going to sing for a couple years in the chorus. And then I am going to be a feature. I'm going to sing right out in front of everybody. So I, I had this whole plan that I was going to uh, carry on with. And of course, the second practice was in March. It was canceled because of the pandemic. I got one practice in, just loved it, and then the whole thing disbanded. Of course, the the show was canceled for this year. Who knows what's going to happen next year. If it comes back next year, I certainly will uh, go again because I really find that that would be a great outlet for me. Up here, I thought, well, I'm going to join a choir. There's all kinds of choirs. There's about six of them in this city. This is quite a large city, almost a million people. Well, not a million, three quarters of a million people. All the choirs are shut down. There's no singing allowed. And I guess this is the same all across Canada. No singing is allowed. This shocked me. I had no idea. I guess if you don't tune into these sectors, like I, I kind of stick in the healthcare sector, if you don't stick to, if you don't look into these other sectors, you don't really see what's happening to them. But music, singing is shut down. Uh, there's no singing. Choirs are closed. You can't sing in church. I mean, I even considered maybe going to, to church. I'm not a religious person, but I thought maybe it's an opportunity to sing in a choir. So my, my step to move to a choir went to uh, one practice, and uh, now it's just gone. So I certainly hope that, uh, that it comes back again. I hope that singing comes back again. We need singing in our lives. And I don't know if this applies to uh, live music everywhere, like in, in bars or in um, parks or venues. I, I guess so, because I, you don't see anything advertised. I'll look into that today to see if singing just outright is banned. It just seems so draconian. It, it just seems crazy to me. Anyway, that's just what it is. This pandemic has been has been a real psych-op on all of us. Uh, I, I really do believe that the medical tyrants are behind this, the uh, WHO, and uh, it, it's a terrible time. There's three Ds in this pandemic. 
there's dependencies, there's debility, and there's dread. And those three Ds are, are classic. They're classic. They're used in torture. So first of all, they make our population dependent. And you could see uh, this with the uh, payouts that the governments are giving to have people stay at home. So people are becoming very, very dependent on the government. Debility. Uh, they're starting. We're starting to be told that you know our neighbors might be infected, and uh, we might be infected, and we have to wear masks, and we're washing our hands uh, constantly, and we're we're spraying this goop and spreading it all over our hands every time we go into a store, and then there's dread. We're feeling that that we that the, the world is ending, that things terrible, terrible things are happening. So dependency, debility, dread. I really believe that the medical system. Uh, these snake oil salesmen from from only a hundred years ago who now control the world they're trying to make us all into patients and not just any type of patients but chronically ill very ill patients like like picture a cancer patient a cancer patient becomes very very dependent on the system very very dependent they become de debilitated they be, they can't function anymore and and then they dread that they're going to die soon so they were trying to turn us all into this class of chronically very ill patients and it, this has got to stop we're not patients we are not patients we're people we've been people forever <laughs> I, I really think it's somehow some way we have to band together and we have to stop these medical tyrants from continuing on this path. You know, this is my dream and a dream alone is just a dream. But, you know, a dream together, it can become a reality. Like we all need to work together on this. We have to stand up for control in your life. You can control your own health. You can control uh, your own mind. You can control the things that you do. You can take care of the people that you love. Talk to the people that you love. Communicate with them. Care for them care for yourself. This is how we're going to battle this, but we have to come together as a society to fight against this tyranny, because if not, it will just continue unchecked, and uh, it, it's, it's terrible. It's a terrible state. The time of madness is certainly upon us, and uh, we have to come back to some kind of sanity in this world. I want to talk about something I saw the other day, and uh, I wanted to talk about, and my note just says, talk about the hipster. So I have to talk about this fellow I saw. I was at a, a stop sign, or not a stop sign, at a traffic light, at a red light, and it was quite a long one because I was turning on to one of the busier roads. So I was sitting there for a while, and this hipster comes riding along on his bicycle, and he's made out completely he's in uniform okay he's got his helmet on I'm sure he had a man bun up underneath that helmet he's got the big beard he's got the Black Lives Matter shirt on he's got the long pants and the boots on even though it's uh, 32 degrees which is about 86 degrees Fahrenheit uh, he's got his long pants and his boots on he's riding an old beat-up bike uh, and there you go like this is uh, oh and he's wearing a mask okay so he's he's uh, he's decked out he's he's completely clearly he's this hipster city so he comes along and I see him stop uh, right beside this garbage can and there's a couple of pop cans okay um, or, or in the states you would call them soda cans okay so so pop cans soda cans on the ground beside the garbage can and I have to stop here for a minute because I have to explain uh, 
the tops of soda cans, uh, the little tab that you pop it open with, I guess that's the most valuable part of the can. Like uh, Charities collect these because they're made of a better quality aluminum. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it's something along that line. So people often will collect the tops of these uh, pop cans. And then after they have bags and bags and bags of them, they bring them in for uh, to aluminum uh, vendors. And then these aluminum guys will pay pretty good money for it. So it's a good way to make money for a charity or uh, some type of a fundraiser. Okay, something like that. So that's just a background on that, on, on the pull tabs, on pop cans or on soda cans. All right, so here he is. He stops his bike, gets off his bike, and he reaches down, he picks up the soda can. And I thought, well... Yeah, at least he's 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 walking the walk. Okay, I, maybe I judged him too harshly, because I assume that he's picking up that soda can to put in the garbage. He's not. He picks up the soda can, he uh, takes the tab off, puts the tab in his pocket, and he throws the soda can back on the ground, right beside a garbage can where he picked it up. And then this the other one, he picks it up, he takes the tab off the top and he throws it back down on the ground, okay? He literally had it at the height of the garbage can. All he had to do was move it a couple of inches forward and drop it. Instead, he dropped it right back down on the ground. And I thought, what a hypocrite. What a hypocrite. You go there, you take off the little bit of value from there, you're standing right beside a garbage can, and you can't even drop it in the garbage can. It's just, I don't know, I have no words to, for that. I have no words to understand the thinking of somebody like that. I mean, I'm the kind of guy who walks along and picks up a piece of litter and throws it in the garbage can just because, just because it, to me, it's the right thing to do. And this guy picks it up, takes the tab off, and throws it right back down on the ground. It just... It just floored me. It actually lowered my opinion of hipsters, and they're pretty low already. But then hipsters don't like me either. Hipsters and millennials in general, they don't like me. They look at me. They think I've sold out to the system. You know, I, I wear nice clothes. I drive a nice car. I've, I've done my time. I've served. I've worked. You know, I have money in the bank. You know, all of those things that uh, millennials resent us for. I, I just wanted to talk about that hipster for a minute because it really, it just it just blew me away I couldn't believe it I continue to fight you know I I'm, I'm here fighting for health freedom I really think it's really important I think it is the issue of our times is health freedom every day I see them talking more and more about mandatory vaccines for COVID I'm shocked that nobody nobody is resisting I shouldn't say nobody I think there are people resisting. There are people like myself, but we're not organized. We're not organized. We need health. The health freedom movement needs to be organized so that more and more people become aware and more and more people can join. I have absolutely no issues with vaccine. Please do not try to label me as an anti-vaxxer because that's just the way you shut people up. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I am against mandatory vaccination. I do not. I believe that everybody has a right to choose. It's the same same thing with masks. Everybody has a right to choose. I'll give you an example of uh, that I just thought of when I was riding my bike. 
I wear a helmet whenever I ride my bicycle. Even though I hardly ever go on roads, I tend to go on trails and I've got a comfort bike which has a really, really low top speed. It only has seven, seven gears. People are zooming past me constantly, but I don't mind. I mosey along. I told you I have my big fat ass seat and my handlebars are nice and high and I love riding. It's super comfortable, but it's also slow, but I still wear a helmet. I don't have to wear a helmet. The law in our country only dictates that children up to 18 years of age have to wear helmets. So adults have a choice. They don't have to wear a helmet. And you see people all the time riding bikes, adults riding bikes without helmets. But I choose to wear a helmet and I wear it religiously because I know the effects of what happens when your skull hits the pavement. Okay. Your skull explodes or your brain bounces back and forth so, so hard that you get a concussion and you could end up with some very serious brain damage. I, had, I, know, people who, I, I know people personally who have been airlifted to hospital because of bike injuries. I know other people indirectly who have had lifelong head injuries where they are institutionalized because of bike, being thrown off bikes and having their heads uh, smashing into the ground. So there's quite a bit of evidence wearing a helmet will protect your head. So I choose to wear a helmet when I ride my bicycle even though I don't have to. It's not mandatory. And then we turn around and we have this mandatory mask law. There's no proof. There's no proof that masks help in any way whatsoever to control this, this issue, that hand right here. And yet it's becoming mandatory where you don't even have a choice. You can't. Soon you won't be able to go into a store without wearing a mask. Already you can't go into public places without wearing a mask like town hall or registry offices or things like that. So we are being forced to wear masks when there's absolutely no proof whatsoever. And yet to wear a bicycle helmet, it's optional when the proof is clear because your brain is like pudding and you, you smash that skull into the ground. You need some protection. My advice to you, wear a helmet when you're on your bicycle. And I don't want anyone to break the law. I mean, you have to follow the law, you have to get your groceries, you have to go in and get your license renewed, all of these things, you know, wear your mask if you have to, but somehow voice your, just voice your opinion about it. Come together with other like-minded people to resist this, because we need to resist this tyranny. All right, if you listen to the end, you know I love you, and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's been tough to come up with topics. Actually, I have, I have a really good one that I didn't even touch on here. I wanted to talk a lot about um, about the introduction of seed oils and how it affected our health, but I, I'm running out of time for today, so I'm going to keep that for next week. Again, thank you all for... Uh, coming in and listening for a few minutes with me. It's Dr. Bruce, your host. I'm going to be signing off now, and I will see you guys all NT. See you guys next Tuesday.